0: Hi, this is Doctor Otto Janke with the Empire Longevity Podcast. I want to thank uh, all of you for being with us today, and more importantly, we want to take you on a ride—take you on a ride to what we anticipate to be your best health for your next best decades. In that, we talk about your motion, we talk about your your uh, rocket fuel, we talk about how your nervous system has to be optimized. But there's some key elements that we haven't spoken about yet, and this is a fascinating speaker we have today this is karen atkin um and so i have to tell you right now i'm up at 7 a.m doing this and karen is in israel uh so we're on a little bit of time frame different here she was um she calls herself an age tech evangelist we'll talk about that in just a moment in 2019 she was uh, awarded the influencer in aging which i find just absolutely fascinating karen i want to thank you for being with us today
1: thank you for inviting me
0: this is cool, cool stuff. First of all, what does it mean to be an age tech evangelist?
1: Great question. So I'm actually a gerontologist by training. Yes. And I started my career in the nonprofit sector and then I transitioned into tech. And in the past few years, I've been working in startups. I, I co founded my own company and I've been also writing about this topic on the gerontechnologies.com, which is a website that covers the global age tech ecosystem. So I feel like uh, my role in this ecosystem is to be shouting from the virtual rooftops and from any platform that will have me that developing technology for older adults, I believe it's the biggest opportunity uh, of this, this, this next decade, and I feel like any entrepreneur should be looking at this space and any investor should be looking at this space.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So what does it mean what, what do you think the, that the viewpoint is right now about this, and what do you anticipate over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years?
1: So the viewpoint right now, I, I have to be honest, it is changing. So where we are in 2021 is not where we were in 2016 when I first uh, started uh, working startups. And back then there were there was an ecosystem, there were m- many wonderful uh, tech companies developing tech for older adults, however, um, It was very, very early on in the process. And fast forward five years to 2021, and the ecosystem is is more mature. We have more startups who have been in the market for several years. They have traction, they have revenue. And we even had exits, most notably like the great call acquisition of 2018, which was acquired by Best Buy for $800 million. So we're in a different place today. and we, we do have more investors looking at this space, both like generalist funds and also dedicated H-Tech funds, which is simply amazing to have that resource. Um, so I feel like we're right on the verge of having this ecosystem explode. And once it does, once everyone suddenly realizes that this is a huge opportunity, uh, we'll, we'll start seeing more and more companies enter this space. We're already seeing the big tech companies Uh, and dipping their toes and sometimes more than just the toes in this space (laughs) and um in 10 years it's possible that many of the categories that you see today on the htech market map uh, will be saturated Uh, but right now it's pretty much a blue ocean so i encourage i encourage anyone looking to start a business uh, to look into this space because it's um, it's a huge opportunity there are so many challenges and there's also a lot of money to be made so why not
0: well, absolutely. Uh, what's amazing is that when I talk to people about this, it it seems as as well we don't want to work with that that uh, aspect that 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 uh, that genre of people, but we don't. We forget to realize that we are all going to be those people sooner or later. And that we are going to hit a certain age at a certain time. What are the, uh, so what, give me a, give me a, a, um, a moonshot. What's over the next 10 years do you think could be happening in this, uh, in this, this arena?
1: Well, obviously we have um, a major caregiving crisis. Uh, So the the demographics is that we have more and more older adults and that live longer. And they need more assistance with activities of daily living as they grow older. However, we have fewer and fewer younger people yes. to care for all of these older people because we don't have so many babies as much as we used to.. Right. And so there is, there is a caregiving crisis currently going on and, and people don't realize it until their parents or their grandparents need care. and they find out that it's not so easy um, to care for your parents, for, to care for your parents by yourself or with your siblings, or even to find, uh, paid help and that's going to become increasingly challenging as time goes by so that is like a huge opportunity um, and we also have um a really interesting opportunity around uh, finances so making people's wealth span match their lifespan and uh, it's not so trivial many people who are retiring today simply don't have enough money saved to last them for 20 or 30 years right. so we have we have a lot of opportunity around that not around like making the money that they do have last longer, but also um, like new models for for working. So like gig economy for older adults and um, people can can get to have a a third career and reinvent themselves uh, at 65, because why not? A lot of people still have a lot of, um, obviously a lot of skill and experience and they don't necessarily want to work full-time Right. But they do want to continue working. So, and we as, as a society, we, we don't provide these opportunities today. Um, so, that's another opportunity. And there are really, there's really a lot, a lot to be done. Uh, but those are like the two major ones that um, I feel are probably the most urgent. And also, it's a, it's, there is a lot of room for creative solutions there.
0: Absolutely. I've said for years, for the last number of years, that uh, if you want to make absolutely gobs of money in America to open adult daycare centers, uh, because the number of people who are going to need that assistance, uh, and the tech, I could see just tech just being absolutely fundamental in that. Um, You worked at Intuition um, Robotics, and you're the company's gerontologist. What did you do there, and why did you... (laughs) <laughs> get into gerontology?
1: Why well, I got into gerontology? Well, I, I initially got into this uh, profession almost by chance. I was actually a life scientist student. I wanted to be a researcher to find a cure for cancer and all of that. However, uh, during my time at the university, I, I got involved with a student organization that was helping Holocaust survivors, oh. which are all old these days. Yeah. And I, I realized that aging is actually a fascinating um, it's fascinating space. There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of interesting people to meet. I really enjoyed oh. meeting older adults and having conversations with them and learning from them. It was like it was the best part of, of doing this and I just got a, I went into working in, in the nonprofit sector again with Holocaust survivors and I got a gerontology degree um, because I that's why where I wanted to to be in my professional career um and and I I was recruited to Intuition Robotics as their first employee to initially do the research like the very basic research of what do we need this uh robot to do for for uh, its users and it was very um we we knew from very early on like that we weren't gonna this robot was not going to be a substitute for a human companion. However, there is a digital divide between the generations. And most of the uh, family conversation these days, especially in Israel, goes on on, like digital platforms. And if grandma or grandpa aren't uh, tech savvy enough, they're excluded from the family conversation. So we initially set out to... um, in, bring them back in, into the family conversation and have this robot robot, be the enabler of, of, uh, And so this robot could be sitting in my grandma's living room and I would send a text message or, um, an image or whatever to the, to LQ. And Eleq would then, um, proactively suggest to my grandmother, Hey, do you want to see Karen sent you a message? You want to see, do you want to reply to Karen? And all my grandmother would need to do to use it was just to use her voice. Um, which was then pretty revolutionary. Sure. And we're looking back at 2016. Um, so it, it's, that's like how we got started. I, I went out to do the initial research and find out what older adults wanted us to build for them. And then um, it, it obviously had a lot of other features. So it could proactively suggest like music and cognitive games and and the users could ask it for like the news and weather and could ask to interact with their family. And because it's uh, proactive, then it wouldn't necessarily wait for the user to initiate interaction. So it would learn the environment, it would learn the user. And based on a set of goals, it would decide whether now is a good time to initiate interaction and if yes then what is the type of interaction that we should be initiating right now and sometimes she wouldn't even speak she wouldn't even make a sound but she would just um flash the lights and um just very subtly notify the user that their existence uh, is known that like sure. i acknowledge that you just entered the room and from people who, who live alone for prolonged periods of time, even that, uh, having someone ing- acknowledge their existence is not so trivial. Oh. Um, and um, I could go on and on, but <laughs> um, I already also forgot what you asked me about, but that is basically what we what we did with LQ. And obviously the company is still going strong. And we we saw right now with COVID that there is increasing need for uh, for tech-based products to to solve this challenge of social isolation. So I'm super proud of them and super proud of LEQ and how far she's come.
0: So let's, let's, let's um, our listeners, let's take them back to what actually LEQ is. And LEQ is, it. this isn't, this isn't just a, a, a super Alexa. It's nothing like that. Uh, I would, I'll leave a link down for the, uh, for the page for that, for the website for it. Um, it. It is not that by any means. It is so much more intuitive Um, that you really need to see that Uh, the whole technology behind it is, is fascinating to say the least. And the opportunity has, as we have seen in uh, COVID during this time, the amount of uh, the, the, our seniors have taken a massive hit with the social isolation, Uh, the depression, anxiety, uh, the amounts of medications used, uh, the suicide rates have gone up dramatically because of the isolation and there's an opportunity to actually decrease that isolation and have a, an interaction, uh, and this is something that's absolutely fa- fascinating to uh, to look at. And how did has it how it how, I guess the first question is is why why that why LeQ to start off with why of all things to dive into why that
1: why you asking me why I decided to go build a robot yeah. Uh, I felt like at, at the time I, ha- I was at sort of an intersection in my career where I had basically two opportunities it was one was to go manage the home care unit for the nonprofit that I used to work in at the time and the other was to go work for a startup and build a social robot and I felt like home care would always be there yep. and building a social robot was sort of a once in a career opportunity and because I had been working in nonprofits for several years I, I already knew how much of a challenge social isolation and loneliness were. Uh-huh. And I knew that when older adults would reach out to me and say, hey, Karen, I'm lonely, all I had to offer them basically is you can go visit the senior living um, club in your neighborhood, uh, senior um, senior club in your neighborhood, or I can find you some volunteers that would come visit you. And what I saw that it doesn't really... It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't move the needle to the degree that these people would all of a sudden stop being lonely. Even if people had seven volunteers, one for each day of the week, they still had close to 20 hours that they would right. be spending right. by themselves. Right. And, and I realized that we needed some scalable solution to, to solve that. And, and any, could potentially be that scalable solution.
0: Right. Right. So, um, one of, the th- one of the key things is that you talked about the divide in the tech um, and the use of robotics and the tech between different, uh, different ages. Uh, what is it that you think that uh, even the age of over the 50, what do you think that the people are looking forward to in the tech?
1: You're asking what older adults are looking forward in yeah. the tech. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I, I believe that they are looking for, any product or service that they invite into their life to bring value and value is subjective right everyone's looking for different things so if you're looking at uh, people who are uh, recently retired and they're still healthy um, and active they they want technology to enable experiences for them right to enable Either continuing to work in some capacity if they want, um, or continue to uh, to create new social connections, because creating social connections when you're uh, retired and you're no longer part of any um, organization is, is hard. Um, right. So, technology could potentially enable people to create new social connections and to find maybe even a life partner, you know, if you're uh, divorced or widowed. Um, and find uh, people to, to go hang out with. So, so you have like all the leisure stuff and, and finding experiences. And f- for people who are starting their decline and they're a little less healthy than what they used to be, obviously they, they are looking for solutions to help manage that aspect on their life and to, right. and to maintain independence for as long as, as possible and to continue aging in place. Aging in place is like probably the most important thing for not just for older adults but for us as a society because we know it's it's the best thing for people right to, to stay define in their home. Define, of choice. That,
0: Karen. define what you mean by aging in place.
1: So aging in place basically means that people can stay to live in the community in their home of choice as long as they would like rather than to move into a residential community and we know that that's preferable for most people and also it's um, if you're looking at like their uh, wellness, it's, it's better for them. So a lot of the technology that exists today is basically an aging in place enabler, whether that's, um, uh, I don't know, e- elevators, right, to help you uh, instead of climbing up the stairs. And whether that's um, medication dispensers that remind you when to take your medication and dispense the right medication at the right time and delivery services, uh, like PillPack, which was uh, actually acquired by Amazon also in 2018. So it's like a full service online um, pharmacy that brings stuff to your home or, um, you know, any any type of thing that um, helps you connect with the outside world, right? So even... You know, even even uh, the Alexa devices and uh, the recently launched, like the, the Amazon Care Hub, that allows older adults to communicate with the family easy, more easily and the family to check in on them. So we we, we have just so many options uh, out there available today, but there's still a lot a lot more that needs to be solved. Because at, at the end of the day, um, we still. I mean, we, we still need caregivers, obviously, we still right. need companions, we still need um, to to make sure that people don't get disconnected from society just because their health declines.
0: Correct. Absolutely. And so when you talk about age-friendly uh, technology, um, here's a crazy question. When when does age-friendly, what age does that start at?
1: It's, it's a great question. I if you ask, if you're asking me, I, I believe like the, the legal cutoff for old age in most countries is 65. But if you're asking me, then old age is at least 75 these days, at least, if not uh, older than that. Um, so basically, once people start experiencing um, reduced vision, reduced hearing and a little bit of trouble with dexterity and, and memory, and just memorizing things, uh, then we start, they start needing more like age-friendly stuff and stuff that's from the usability aspect uh, is, is designed for, to, for their needs. And we have to um, remember that usability is only one aspect of it. Like usability is like a basic requirement. Sure. We still have on top of that, we still have desirability. So sure. people need to perceive what, whatever it is you're offering them as something that will bring value to their to their life and they're not gonna just waste their time learning to use new technology only for it to be uh gathering dust in a drawer somewhere two months later.
0: Sure. Like uh like a, a piece of gym equipment.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I I use my I use all my gym equipment, Otto. I don't know what about you, but I use <laughs> every piece of gym equipment that I've ever purchased.
0: Ever. Ever especially ones that are 10 years old and you don't, I don't even know what that even means anymore. Absolutely. Um, so how, um See, in, in America? We talked about this briefly is that uh, in America, we're finding that the get the, the age for getting older is actually decreasing uh, because of our ill health. We're seeing more and more chronic. Um, the, the lifespan has increased a little bit, but the healthy lifespan has not increased. And we're finding that more and more people are, are starting with chronic, in, chronic illnesses at a much, much earlier time. Uh, as we discussed earlier, that um, we have seen the numbers in America due to, due to coronavirus, uh, COVID is that um, over the age of 54, uh, we've become disposable. And we've seen it in our healthcare system dramatically. dramatically. Uh, as someone who sees the future in this, how am I as a 58-year-old going to be impacted over the next five years?
1: I think you're too young to be impacted, Otto. Uh, however, and- uh, I think your
0: have... eyesight might be going, Karen. You might need some assistance on that yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am I am wearing glasses, so you're <laughs> right about that. Um, and But for, for people in your age group, most likely you, if you haven't already, you will sometime you become a family caregiver to one sure. or both of your parents. Sure. So for people in your age group- uh, that is most likely uh, the way that you're going to be impacted. And then once you, it's, 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 cause you're still working and active and you don't really have the capacity to become a full-time caregiver and your parents are probably living hundreds of miles away, um, then you're going to need some assistance, whether that is from community services like home care or whether that from uh, concierge services or having stuff delivered and also, I like having technology in your parents' home, so you'll be able to um, sort of monitor remotely and know everything is okay. Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that your parents would agree to that, but you might be inclined to suggest something like that in five years.
0: Is there a, is there a big difference in Israel and uh, versus America in the distance in which the children move away?
1: Yes, we're, we're a tiny country. Right. Uh, so for us, if we live uh, two hours away from our parents, that is considered long distance. Okay. Uh, and in the U.S., two hours is like nothing, right? Correct. Uh, so we, we, we're a very, very close country. And culturally, it's, uh, it's very common for people to, to continue living in the same city or town that they grew up in. Sure. And, and so we're, we're not a tribal society anymore so it's not very common for people to uh, have their parents move in with them as they grow older. However, it's very, very common to have your parents and grandparents live very, very close and have them, um, like, care of, care for your children. So right. I grew up, uh, like, within less than a kilometer than all of my grandparents, and they were very wow. much involved in my upbring- upbringing. Wow. Um, so – so that's, and that's this is the situation for many people here in Israel. And uh, there are many reasons for that, uh, which we, we don't have the time to go into today. But I think it's at, at the end of the day, it's very beneficial for everyone involved. Um, and it also makes it um, it makes Israel less similar to to the United States in that aspect, because you know, if you're worried about your parents, most likely you're able to drop in after work and right. check in on them, even if just for five minutes a day, just having, just knowing that you can stop by
0: yep.
1: at any given moment is like a, a huge difference.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I live in my, I live now in my hometown and um, I was able to uh, pop into my parents uh, anytime I wanted to. And it was, uh, it was special to say the least, to say the least. Uh, absolutely, and uh, th- th- in America, that uh, that generational connection has uh, has gone away, uh, and to the detriment of our our communities and uh, our country, I think. So, Karen, you have, um, I think, a fantastic website, the Jaren uh, Technologist. Was the first number of times I tried saying it, I didn't say it correctly because it screwed me up a little bit. What is the site? Where is it going? And how can people best uh, get to it?
1: So the Geron Technologist is a website that covers the global age tech economy. I started it uh, because of a personal need that I had a few years ago when I was working at Intuition Robotics, and I realized that there were so many wonderful startups out there doing amazing things for older adults. And I wanted to get a snapshot of the industry, so I decided to just create it myself. And once I put it online... Yeah, in so much traction that I just kept on doing it. And it's sort of, it's a pet project that took on a life of its own. So for the past uh, three three and a half years, I've been writing about all of the wonderful things revolved around technology for older adults. So like startups, accelerators, investors, um, everything, everyone working in space, including big tech companies. And I've also got a a monthly newsletter coming out. Uh, with content, not just from the website, but also curated content from all over the world, like uh, all the wonderful news coming out, whether it's in, uh, opportunities for startups like pitch competitions and awards, or it's exciting news about partnerships and um, product launches and investment rounds and acquisitions. And with the way I see it, it's uh, I want to continue to have it as a resource for this community and to basically be a tool for H-Tech evangelism, because I feel like the startups who are working in this space don't necessarily get the attention they deserve from sure. traditional tech media. Uh, so that is what I like to do. And uh, a really exciting um, project that is currently going on on the general technologies is the H-Tech Academy which is a place where entrepreneurs and elder care professionals can come and learn what they need to know to level up their knowledge of of aging and technology for older adults. So I invite everyone listening to this to visit The General Technologist. And if you're interested in the academy, visit thegeneraltechnologist.com forward slash academy.
0: Absolutely. Highly recommend it. Uh, Again, we're big fans of this and uh, we look forward to that. Hopefully in a short time, you'll be putting us uh, Empire Longevity on there as we get uh, acquired by some major, major um, people in in America. Absolutely fantastic.
1: Thanks.